Hey, y'all. Welcome back to episode 65 of the Late Night Vision Show. Please go follow us on all the socials on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Go subscribe to us on YouTube, the Late Night Vision Show. You can find us everywhere. If you don't, uh, our co-host is going to stre- uh, stress out and break out in hives or something like that. But I'm going to bring it in right now. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. Also, check us out at thelatenightvisionshow.com. If you go there, you can basically find links to all those things that Hans is talking about. But what I'm hoping is if you're already listening to this or watching this, that you've already found us. But yeah, you've already found us. Go subscribe and like. What's going on this week, Hans? Well, I'll tell you, you know, going back to that website, is it's a great website. You can go back and see all the past episodes and go follow us and all that kind of stuff. But, well, I have to, I'm going to have to fan out of flame a little bit. I think it caused Uh-oh. a little controversy on last week's episode when I talked about 90s country not being my, my favorite form of country. And I want to clarify you, because... You mean your you mean your 10-minute story about country music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Golly. I do like some 90s country, but... Um, Presswood936 on Instagram said that 90s country is greater than Texas country and then said, fight me. So he challenged me oh, to a wow. fight after that. Mm. So it, it escalated very quickly, but he's a listener to the show and uh, he, I guess, a big fan of 90s country. And don't get me wrong, I like 90s countries. There's just some of them that, I, you know, you go to somewhere and you hear the same songs over and over. And those are the ones I don't really care that much about. But I really prefer 80s country more than 90s country, you know? I, I like 80s, but I'm not going to lie. There, There is a lot of 90s country that I like because that was the decade that I was in high school. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously that's something, you, you know, this is yeah. kind of what's defined you. So I, I admit my wife and I are planning on going to see Tracy Lawrence. I didn't even know he's still alive, but he's we're going to go see him in, uh, in a couple months. He's going to be over in Bossier City. Uh, in, um, I Shreveport. love I love so, Tracy yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, say, uh, well, I think you may be invited to that. You and your wife. Oh, okay, not, so, good. So yeah, um, we may, we're going to go see him. But yeah, I, I I agree. Now I will say this: that Texas country, uh, most people probably a lot of people outside of, of Texas and uh, Oklahoma and kind of the South may not even know, uh, even a lot of the South may not know what Texas country is. Uh, and if you don't know what it is, then you can't appreciate it. But but it's now that's that's good music well, now. I'm wearing my Texas country T-shirt just so I can kind of thumb it in the eye of Presswood nine three six. But uh, well, we appreciate everybody listening. And I'm going to say, I, I think we can all agree we do not need one more song in country music about a beach or the ocean or <laughs> what kind of drink you're drinking on the beach. We that's y'all we live true. in fly we live in flyover states in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Big Russell's up there on a tractor just about every day. He's a good fan, listener of the show all the time. And I can guarantee you he does not care what type of drink right now you're drinking on the beach. (laughs) No, it's true. It is true. Hey, I want to bring up uh, another topic on that same show, which we got a lot of feedback on. And that was uh, the, uh, the idea of should landowners that have hog problems just let Mm -hmm. people come out and hunt for free. And, man, the feedback was uh, overwhelmingly positive. Probably and the most feedback we've ever gotten on a there show. There was a lot, and, yeah. and there was a lot of people I think that were, were I I thought had, uh, you know, really uh, well thought out responses and said, hey, you know, uh, I've kind of felt the same way. I felt like I should be able uh, to go and hunt and take care of these problems, and then I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of guys said, but then I think about it and like I don't own the land, or if I was the landowner, would I want to do that? And so, yeah. you know, I think there was a lot of really good responses, and uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the true 
uh, conservatism of our, our listener base shined there and said, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And uh, so anyway, it was good. I thought that was a, we had some good feedback. Well, I think our, our conservatism is going to shine a little bit at the end of the show when we have a little topic that we're going to bring up at the end. But right now, uh, we want to talk a little bit because there's a lot of questions pouring in right now. The re the re new designed look of the the Pulsar thermal uh, the the Thermion has come out. Everybody's uh, hopefully starting to they're starting to trickle in and people are getting them. And now the question is, how the heck do I mount it? What should I use? And there's a few different options out there, but uh, we want to share with you today. Uh, what we are kind of unveiling for the first time and, and what we were using. But, um, Jason, tell us what we have, because I've got one in my hand. But yeah, I do too. If you hear me got... banging around over here, I'm yeah, taking mine, taking mine off my, my rifle. So yeah. anybody who is watching this on YouTube, uh, man, I, I've got my microphone right in the way, and I want to move it, but... I... It's we did not, not go good. to broad, we did not go to broadcasting school. By oh, the way, absolutely not. We did. We barely went to school. So <laughs> <laughs> I would move this mic out of the way, but then you wouldn't hear me. So I'll move it out in a minute when Hans is talking. But basically, what I've got right here, and this is an absolute close up. If you're you're looking at this, <laughs> this is the mount that Hans and I have chosen to use. We went through several options uh, when uh, we were trying to decide what to use. I know early on. I had a LaRue mount that I'd picked up uh, that, you know, we talked about. I kind of jokingly uh, took a swipe at them on here. I do like <laughs> LaRue. I think they're a great Texas company, but they did not uh, want to work with us. They didn't seem to have any desire to have their mounts out on a whole bunch of new thermal uh, rifle scopes. And so I said, you know what? Let's go find a company that does. Man. And so, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't think that's being rude. That's just saying the truth. Very, they, no. Very good company, very good Texas yeah. company, but Jason is right. They, um, yeah. They, they didn't, uh, that, hey, I'm just saying it like it is. They didn't care about the business. And so I said, let's just go find somebody who's more interested. So I reached out to several uh, name brand major manufacturers of high quality, quick detach, single piece mounts, because that's what a lot of guys want if you're putting on an AR-15 or some type of a, of a you know black gun, something with a even maybe a, a bolt action rifle, Ruger American or something that that has a Picatinny rail. A lot of guys want single piece mounts. So I said, let's go see what we can find. Uh, I did a bunch of research. I talked to a lot of people, uh, guys that you know everybody's kind of got their favorite mount, daytime guys, and and I talked to some of them that you know use single piece mounts or just you know QD mounts and. So anyway, uh, the one company that kept coming back up uh, was American Defense Manufacturing. And I had reached out to them, and I've got to tell you something, this company uh, just blew my socks off with their customer service yeah. and just them wanting to get on board on this project. Uh, man, I got them on the phone, and they were like, yes, yes, yes. We want to get our mounts on more thermal optics, and this is a great opportunity for us to do that. We want to get it out there. How can we work with you? So I said, man, we want, well, let's see what you've got. And, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. They sent me different mounts for free to let us test. I didn't, I mean, I said, hey, just, you know, send me whatever you want charge me retail price. I mean, I'm not even a dealer. Just charge me whatever. I want to try them. They're like, no, we'll send them to you. They did. Man, got them right here. 
Uh, we tested them out, messed around with them. Hans and I, you know, brainstormed back and forth. Again, we looked at a lot of different stuff, but the mount that we came up with that we liked, again, I'm sure Hans has got it there. I'm holding mm -hmm. it up as well. It is the American Defense Manufacturing AD Recon Mounts, 30 millimeter mount. I'm holding up the, the box that it comes in, and uh, it is a very, very nice mount. Now, some of you may be familiar with American Defense, some of you may not. I want to give you a little quick background on them. Number one, you've, if you own a FLIR product, uh, all the, the you know FLIR thermal optics right now, the Thermosite Pros and all, they all use American Defense manufacturing mounts mm -hmm. that come on the scope. So that's maybe where you've heard of them. Uh, they are a, an American company. They're based in Wisconsin, and every mount is designed in America and manufactured in America. It is 100% American-made, and when you hold it in your hands, you're going to know it. It is yeah. a very nice, well-built mount. And mm -hmm. one of the things I'm going to try to show here, Hans, I know you may do a better job here, uh, is that the, the QD levers, there's two QD levers, they have a... Uh, patented locking mechanism and that's the same thing that's again on the FLIRs so uh, one of the problems with QD mounts depending on the, the style if they have this QD throw lever you can hook that on something uh, if you're walking maybe on brush mm -hmm. a limb on your you know clothing you can pop it open if there's one or two mounts I mean you can actually you know the scope fall off uh, this has a very ingenious little locking uh, device on it you just Grab it with your thumb or your finger, open it right up. It's it's not child proof, but it is definitely not going to come open just wandering around. So a, a very very nice, well made yeah. mount. And uh, I tell you what, this is this is when I knew we had found the right company. So I talked to them. This went on for a couple of weeks, and again we were still looking at other manufacturers, and we're pretty much deciding this is where we were going to go. We chose this mount. They have they have several other mounts, but this is the one we really liked. It is a cantilevered mount, um, which you know pushes the scope forward a little bit, which normally we would not want on a thermal optic, but because of the eye relief, it works just fine, especially mm -hmm. on an AR-15. If you are uh, you know mounting that, you can you know a lot of people shorten their stock up to, to suck up there. Um, but anyway, so. I told them, I said, okay, I think this is what I want to do, and this is the order I want to put in. They said, you know, listen, normally we've got a, a pretty long back order for this type of, of you know, orders. It's, it's a big order, and it normally takes us a while. Like, I mean, it could take a month and a half to, to get all these mounts built. We have the parts, but, you know, we've got to put them together. And like, hey, no problem. And they said, look, what we're going to try to do is get you a few of the mounts out. You know, you'll have enough for your customers right now. And, you know, you can start using them. It's like, hey, sure, that'd be great. They said, we'll get you the rest ASAP. Um, my contact there, my rep called me and uh, actually sent me an email. And he goes, hey, uh, you got that order in. And I stayed late after work. And one of the guys back in the warehouse stayed late. And we just hand-built all of those mounts for you tonight. <laughs> we'll ship them tomorrow. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And, I mean, this was a significant amount of mounts. Yeah. I mean, I was making a, a gambling on this, going, Hans, should we really order this many mounts? He's like, <laughs> I like them. I was like, okay. So we did. But these mounts, again, not only are American-made, they have a lifetime warranty. So mm -hmm. um, if, and it says right there clearly, 
that unless you know you intentionally break it or you misuse it they will warranty this thing and replace it for life and that's I, mean, I don't know what else you can ask for american made lifetime warranty it's built like a brick house and returns to zero i i, I love it i mean i, I think it's you a know great amount. made in america you can't get any better than that a lot of people ask when they call up and they're asking for mounts they say i want something made in america and mm-hmm. you know you, you can tell like you said, feeling feeling the mount that it it feels like it's all there, but um, that's one of the best things that I liked about the FLIR scopes were the mounts, and mm-hmm. and now to be able to partner up with them and, and offer that uh, through OutdoorLegacyGear.com. So right now, if you're on the waiting list for a Thermion, uh, if you've got a Thermion right now in your hands and you just got some regular rings and you want something else, this is a one piece QD mount. Uh, easy in, to install your scope in it, put it on. I mean, I put it, I've been showing my, my AR-10 with the uh, Thermion mounted on it. And I mean, it just, it looks great on there. I like the cantilever uh, design of it. It kind of sets it forward a little bit, but I mean, I'm shooting a 13 and a half inch. I'm going to talk about this rifle before the end of the show, a 13 and a half inch 308. And <laughs> let's just say she's got a little bit, a little bit of a pop to her. And man, this mount is great. I mean, no problems at all. Been shooting it a bunch. Uh, you know, it's and it's worked out great. Love the mount. Like I said, if you've got a Thermion, uh, if you're on the hold or on waiting for a Thermion, you definitely need to check out the American Defense Manufacturing mounts because you will definitely be happy with it. I, well, I love mine. While we're talking about this, real quick. I want to, uh, I want to, I don't know, y'all probably can't see this well if you're watching the YouTube video. If you buy one of these, uh, the, you know, American Defense says to be sure that when you mount this, so basically uh, these rings come completely off, both sides come off of the actual Picatinny mount itself. And when you put them on there, they suggest that you put the four screws in the bottom and tighten them all the way first. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I mean, don't don't overdo it, but but get them get them snugged up in there first, and then come to the top screws. The other thing I want to point out, again, I know to the average guy, you're going to go, this is obvious, but there's some people that just don't just don't know and don't understand this. On the opposite side of the QD levers, there is a little, and I'm not going to do this because this I don't want to change it. it it's going to go right back on my. Um, my <laughs> rifle and, and be on but basically when you put this on and this is true of, of any you know ring or QD mount like this you want to make sure that it's it's tight on your rail and so when you put that on if you can grab that scope and you can slide it forward and backwards any wiggle room you've got it too loose mm-hmm. and so with this one basically on the other side there are some little nuts you basically open the QD throw lever and you push it all the way, uh, you know, in, and then what that does, I know this doesn't make any sense, but if you look at it, on the other side, it loosens that little nut, and you can twist that nut and make it tighter or looser. Everybody always asks me, how tight do I need my QD mount to fit? And again, this is speaking just generally of, of most QD mounts. My advice is that you want to be able to take your thumb with just a normal amount of pressure and lock it over. And when you unlock it, you should be able to take your index finger and flip it open. Now, it shouldn't be flimsy. 
it shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be able to thump it and it lock, but, but it should be a, a single amount of pressure. If it's just a single finger. Now, if you've got it, when I say thumb pressure, that doesn't mean that you turn and you bend your thumb back as hard as you can, but that's too tight. And so again, you don't want I feel it. like you're talking to me. <laughs> I, I'm talk- done this I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say, yeah, you don't want it so tight that number one, you break the bolt, which you can do. You can tighten that yeah. thing down. Not, not name any names, Hans, but you don't, he didn't do it on this one, but he's done it on something else. But hey, but you, I'm always, I always believe if, if one turn is good enough, then three or four more turns. Three or four more. Yeah. Well, it's not true with QD mounts. <laughs> I've seen guys that get these things on, uh, so tight that they will actually mar up the their rail, their Picatinny rail. And uh, Hans and I saw one one time where a guy got it so tight that they had to use channel locks to get it <laughs> off. I don't know if you remember that, but mm-hmm. it they destroyed them out. And I don't I don't understand. It had two cutie throw levers. I I don't understand how you got the first one that time, but the second one, I mean, by the first one, you'd have thought we might have a problem, but I think they had to use a, uh, maybe a ball peen hammer or a mini sledge to get those cutie levers to lock over. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, they, uh, they went a little too tight. So don't do that. Uh, but that's it. And we just wanted to, to talk about it. Uh, we do have it available. It is in stock in our warehouse. It is for sale on outdoorlegacygear.com. Uh, you can go and look for the, uh, American Defense a Recon Mount, AD Recon Mount, 30 millimeter. And so I do want to speak to one more thing. There are guys who say, okay, I don't want a single piece mount. I'm going to put it on a, a bolt gun. And I just want regular rings. What do I need? My advice is that you just need a, a good set of 30 millimeter rings and you know the outside diameter of the uh, XM50 and the XP50 is about oh my goodness i should have measured again i measured it for a guy the other day and forgot i think i want to say it's like 56 or 57 millimeters so you know basically what's going to work for about a 50 millimeter scope is going to work for these so they don't have to be extra tall and and okay i'm going on a, you know, a rabbit trail here but uh, a guy called on friday and he said hey i'm going to order some rings for this he said do i need low medium high or extra high and I said, what, what brand? Well, I don't know when I go buy them. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Those terms are objective. They, they mean nothing. Anybody can make that term. And, and we'll just, to, to give a real world example, Sightmark makes some rings and uh, they have one style that's called a medium height. They have another style ring that's called a high height. And they're the exact same height. Mm-hmm. So it's the same manufacturer, just a different style of ring. And they are you put them side by side, and they are 100% the same height. That, that really means nothing. You need to look at the rings, and you, know, you need to, to be able to either measure them from the bottom of the ring saddle to the top of the Picatinny rail. Or, again, most manufacturers will say you know, what uh, you know, objective lens diameter it works for. And uh, obviously, you don't want to get them too high. That's never a good thing. You want to keep it as, as generally as low as you can. But standard rings for a bolt mm. gun should work for these, no problem. Again, 30 millimeter tube, and that's all you need. So if you are uh, interested in purchasing a Thermion, or like I said, if you're on a waiting list for one, or if you got one in your hands and you want a, a nice mount, give Jason a call at 877 350 
1818. You can find all of these on outdoorlegacygear.com. But I'm going to tell you for the Thermion, uh, if you're shooting it on an AR platform, uh, the vast majority of the time, this is the thing to go with and uh, go give Jason a call. Uh, he'll he'll definitely help you out. But yeah, hey, yeah, one, one thing before you go there, since we're talking about Thermions, I want to mention something, two things real quick. Number one, uh, we keep getting asked, you know, when is shipping, what is shipping, what's going on? So uh, obviously, if you're listening to this down the road, it could be very different. This is uh, when this podcast comes out, it's probably going to be right around the 1st of August, uh, literally about the 1st or 2nd. And currently, everything has begun shipping except except the XM30, which we spoke about a little last week. Uh, looks like that's going to be probably coming September, October. Could come earlier, but it does seem to have been delayed. Uh, we did have some info on that. If you want to check that out, you can. The uh, XM38s are shipping well. XM50s uh, currently are in stock. XP38s, uh, we got a, a big order of those that came in. Filling, I think we're going to be almost completely filled on those back orders soon. XP50s, not so much. So we've we got a, a very small order in, and we still got a lot of guys waiting. That's going to be dribbling on, but we'll just see how the shipments. We've only had one shipment of them, so we'll see how they go. But anyway, everything, all the main models, the, the XM38, XM50, XP38, XP50, have all begun shipping. Should be doing good. Now, last thing, I, I, I forgot that I had this on here. People have been asking about it, and that is the rubber eye cup on the Thermions because some guys have said, hey, I see that y'all don't have them on there. Do they not have it? And they do have it. I want to show you how this works. The reason that I have it on here, I've been shooting without the eye cup, and Hans and I both have always been fans of eye cups. We've never really shot and, and liked most scopes without the eye cup. I think the Thermion is an exception to that rule, in my opinion, because of the eye relief. But uh, this is what it looks like with the eye cup. I put this on here the other night because when I was zero in it, uh, it was about 6.30, and I had the sun that was not quite setting, but it was going down, and it was coming in right on my right side in my eye, and it was really bad. And I was hot and sweating, and I couldn't mm -hmm. see my screen well, so I put this on here. But what I want to show you is... Uh, if I can get it off, it just, there it is. It just goes right up there and watch this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's magnetic. It's just a, that's so ingenious, but it's not it, just a magnetic. It goes up there and then it slips over. There's some little grooves and I mean, it's, it's on there. Good. I mean, it's so really if good. you're, if you're listening to on podcast audio only trust us, what you missed out and didn't see was really awesome. So just in case you weren't watching and you're listening in your car and they're like, I can't see nothing. Well, what I'm telling you is it's really awesome. There's magnets. It's really awesome. There's magnets. It's cool. You're gonna, I mean, who doesn't like magnets? Exactly. No, it, this, I, I'm serious. I, anybody was just watching this, I was yanking on this thing. I think as odd as this sounds with the way that it slips over and this magnet, I think it's on better than any of the other eye cups on the previous trails mm -hmm. or anything so it, it really fits nice really like it just wanted to point that out i don't normally shoot with it but i just saw it sitting on here and thought i'd mention it so all right that is that and i promise no more rabbit trails for the next 30 seconds oh uh, you can't keep that promise don't don't lie to everybody so um we you know sometimes jason there's some current events and current news topics that pop up and and us being in the hunting community the gun community 
Um, you know, there's obviously there's nothing more tragic than hear, hearing about a shooting uh, and, and all involved in that, as well as um, the fears that all gun, gun owners have when we talked about uh, different types of guns that are used in different shootings and everybody gets scared and uh, starts going and buying a bunch of ammo, you know, just in case everything's cut off. But there was a recent shooting, and I mean just in the last day or two, uh, up in Northern California at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. And a young man walked in, and uh, this always makes Jason's head spin, but it's described as an uh, assault-style or assault rifle-style weapon that was used. It was actually a uh, AK-47-style rifle that was used, but I know Jason hates the word assault rifle. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it makes I, him blow his lid. I do. Um, but... Uh, Young man uh, walked in and, you know, uh, unfortunately started to uh, shoot a lot of innocent people. And I know there was a a young girl, very young girl, uh, a girl that was one year younger than my daughter, uh, and also a young man and another gentleman that was was unfortunately uh, killed in this incident. And, you know, I wanted to bring this up because obviously this type of stuff affects everybody, even if you're not in Northern California. Uh, and obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody uh, affected by this because, you know, something like this, never heard of Gilroy, uh, California, but it could have just as easy been Tyler, Texas or Nacogdoches, Texas, you know, and that's the biggest concern is Mm -hmm. something like this popping up in our own towns or close to our own towns. But, you know, uh, you know, when you get a shooting like this, uh, with the type of rifles that some lawmakers are going after, uh, being semi-automatic long rifles, it, it does concern all of us because we there is this fight and this push to limit people's access to this style of rifle. And you know, really, the question is: is this is this type of act, this violent act, is it happening more now than it did twenty and thirty, forty years ago? Uh, are we just hearing about it more because there's more social media and there's more forms of communication? That's I think that's the real question and, and the real thing that, that I think about quite often. Well, Hans and I did not talk about this before, really. We just said we were going to bring it up, so I don't know exactly what he's going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, and we really don't have a script on this. Uh, we just wanted to talk about it because we know it is it is you know current news. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the stats, whether it's happening more or not. I'm, I'm assuming that it probably would be. Uh, you know, I think... Probably part of the problem is not just that we're hearing about it because of social media and because of the news and the 24-hour news cycle and all. I think it's uh, I think those are the things that are driving it because uh, you know uh, that shooter's name will not be mentioned on this show, and I wish he would never be mentioned on any show. I wish his picture would never be shown, and uh, you know uh, I, I told Hans that that I think we ought to start you know unkind rumors about him <laughs> i mean yeah. I, I i just don't think that we need to to glorify uh the deranged person that goes out and does this and that's what i get tired of is that there are a lot of people who are uh, either one uh, have you know major mental and psychological problems or uh, truthfully i mean i just believe there's evil people and mm-hmm. there's evil in the world, and I think there's evil people. And I think that w- whether it is somebody that's just truly 
uh, an evil person or a um, you know mental problems or both or whatever I think that some of them sit around and you know they see all this attention that the shooter gets and uh, you know the fame and I think that 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 maybe spurs them on to you know maybe yeah. one one day I could do that so I mean that's my thing is well, I wish we could just bury you know their name and, and never discuss it yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think there's some narcissism in, involved in this, uh, you know, having that 15 minutes of fame or what it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know what, what my thoughts, and I know, like you said, we didn't talk about this, and I'm, I'm very, um, uh, y- you know, passionate about this concept of what I'm going to discuss. But, you know, uh, the liberal community, politicians, uh, the Hollywood elite uh, that we hear coming out in force and trying to get all guns taken away. They, we know that they want to start with semi-automatic rifles. That's what they want to start with. But, you know, what's kind of ironic is uh, in the last 20 and 30 years, the main pusher of these images of violence is Hollywood, is, mm-hmm. is the liberal um, sure. establishment with through movies, through TV, through video games. And really, I think that is what's driving a lot of this dehumanization of of life itself and, you know, making it seem like it is a game. But you think about uh, what you can can see in movies these days, what you see on TV, the violence, the gun violence that you you see glorified in movies, um, but you, you hear from a liberal... Uh, on a camera talking about politics and guns need to be taken away. Um, but what kids are exposed to and see on a daily basis versus what we saw, Jason, when we were growing up is a lot different. And, and th- they're fed this type of, of uh, you know, whether it be coverage, media coverage, or uh, f- uh, glorified fascination of these uh, video games that they're playing online. I mean, some of this stuff that the graphic stuff that they see on video games um, is crazy. When I was a kid, when I say I was a kid, young adult, uh, I've never really been that much into video games, uh, but I had a buddy that liked to play this car racing game. And we'd sit there and play this car racing video game for, man, an hour or two. And then I'd, I'd have to go back home or something. Well, I'd jump in my car. I started driving like I was driving a race car. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fast driver typically, but... You know, I could feel myself driving more like I was in the video game after playing it for a couple hours. It was just like, you know, instinct. You know, it kicked in from playing that game. And I I, I see a correlation in a lot of these violent acts uh, to people playing uh, on these these violent video games. Now, it's not doesn't for everybody, but I think younger people are affected by that type of imagery more than if you start playing it when you're 30 or 40. Uh, But if you're playing it at a young age, I think that does influence you a lot. And you just don't hear a lot of people, you know, you hear the push out there to get rid of guns and get rid of all different types of guns. Where is the media outrage from some of the stuff that we see violence in movies and and on video games? You just don't see a big push at all. And I'm nobody. I'm just a guy, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in East Texas. But to me, that's a bigger, even bigger issue than people having guns because people have had guns since the beginning of this country. Um, 
but you're seeing a different type of um, individual now, now these days, and, and they're exposed to a lot more. So I, you, I, I think that's a big influence. You want me to tell you what I think? I thought you told us what you thought. No, I didn't tell you why. Oh, okay. I just told you what I thought about the, <laughs> the loser that did this. Yeah. I, I don't know. You may not want me to tell you. Aren't you supposed to not talk about politics and religion and, and all sorts of things you're not supposed to ever talk about? And mm-hmm. Well, I, I'll say this, and I'll try. I, I'm, just, I'm fixing to tell you. I'm going to get up on my soapbox, so I'm probably fixing to tick off a few people. But I, I believe it's a, it's a bigger issue with, with our society as a whole. I do think that the violence and the video games and all those things um, lead into it. I think that we could drill down and take that uh, a step back, and I would say that um, one of the reasons I believe it happens more and more now uh, than it did before is uh, a lot of combination of things, but I think some of those would include that we're becoming, uh, by design, by you know the intent of the, the, the liberal media uh, and you know their cohorts, a godless society, I think that it is the uh, destruction of the two-parent family. Uh, I think that uh, there's a fatherless problem with a lot of these kids. I know that's not going to be every single one of them, but I think if we, uh, you know, studied these, there's going to be a a lot of of these uh, boys who didn't have a real father. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, you know, I could take this even a step further. I mean, this is getting real political here, but uh, I think that when you create a society that says, uh, you know, a uh, human life is worthless and uh, a child can be aborted and that we're all here by one big cosmic accident, life means nothing, and it's one accident that we're here, and then we take it a step further and we say, we go to the the environmental and animal rights crowd and we say that uh, and if you don't believe these things are said, you know, go out and read some of the, the, you know, the social media posts and stuff by liberals, that humans are the scourge of the earth, uh, you know, that animals and the earth were, you know, better off without us, and then obviously what all the people think about us, you know, hunting animals, and they, they think that they're, uh, the animals are, you know, <laughs> have more rights than we do a lot of times. So, you know, uh, again, that's real political. Uh, it's real uh, you know, cuts pretty deep, but I think all those things bleed into the video games and all that. And I think you combine it all and you have a perfect storm. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think that, uh, nobody wants to talk about that. I don't think we're going to fix that tomorrow, but, uh, I think it's, it's part of it. And I think when, uh, I, I will admit there is an easy access to firearms in this country and, uh, that it is what it is. But I would say, if it's not a firearm, these kids are going to do something else. I mean, heaven forbid they figure out how to make bombs or, you know, steal a, a car or a school bus or a dump truck and start driving that thing on the sidewalk. I mean, evil has no limits. And if somebody is intent on doing something, the gun is not the issue. And I think that the, you know, California law here failed. Uh, yeah. This kid could not legally own or possess or buy this firearm in the state of California. And there were laws that said he couldn't bring it in without jumping through hoops. And guess what? Mm. He didn't do any of those things because uh, last time I checked, murder was illegal too. And that didn't Mm. seem to bother him. So I don't think he was too concerned about the California gun laws. So Mm. yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that more laws are a solution. 
Uh, I don't think any of our listeners think that. I don't think anything we said is really going to surprise any of them. Uh, but uh, it is it is a mess, and I think that the biggest thing we can do is to educate our kids. And I think that's one place that uh, hunters and uh, have done a good job of trying to keep our our kids. And, you know, whether it's even, you know, into hunting or even, you know, we have daughters that maybe, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying girls can't hunt. I mean, I know we both carry our daughters, but a lot of times that may not be their thing as much as it is boys. And that's fine, but it is having them around guns and understanding uh, some basic gun safety and that these things aren't evil. And so I think as, as gun owners, as Second Amendment supporters, we need to be sure that we are teaching our kids and not let... Uh, you know, the government or, you know, their, their, uh, you know, college professor <laughs> tell yeah. them something different. And that's just, you know, that's not mm. just my opinion. I think we've got to do that. Um, I think kids just need to go out there and have some old fashioned fun. You know, I drove up home. I was hunting the other night. I didn't get home till gosh, two o'clock in the morning, drove up our County road and some kid had took a baseball bat to my mailbox <laughs> and you know what the only thing i could do was just sit there and smile because you know man who can get mad at a kid beating the mailbox with a Me. baseball bat? and Me. <laughs> i mean that's just good old-fashioned fun I, I thought it was kind what of what is funny. this guy who is this guy all of a sudden beating mailboxes is good old-fashioned fun I, I thought it was funny it's just kids out being kids hey they could be out doing a lot worse and that that's just good old-fashioned fun all, all I did is just push that thing back well, over, and <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that Hans by, and I could find something to disagree about on this show. So. <laughs> it's, things hanging on by a thread, but I'm going to remember just, that next time I'm at his house, I'm going to back yeah. over his mailboxes. It's, yeah. You know, just fun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you know, we we do bring up current topics from time to time, and this is one that obviously is fresh. Um, and we all know that incidents like this start the gun debate again in politics and on the media. Uh, you know, we just wanted to bring it up. We don't bring up that kind of stuff a lot, but Jason and I are very, uh, passionate about a lot of different things, hunting included and, you know, current events, uh, yep. politics and, and religion. So yeah, and hey, I hope before, we don't have to bring up any more of these. I know. Hey, I want to show something real quick. I meant to do it at the beginning of the show. Uh, so, you know, you and I talked to Cody, uh, the lead gunsmith over at Diamondback Firearms and I, uh, shared with everybody that I was going to be getting my hands on a brand new AR-10 pistol. And I finally got it last week. This, uh, this is, I, this is gloating by the way. I'm gloating. very, it's gloating. It gloating. Hang on. It, Wait a minute. It's not just, it's just not just this. It's a custom rifle. It, it, they, Cody hooked me up, man. Cody and Nick over at Diamondback Firearms, a couple of good guys. Uh, they, uh, so just to describe it for everybody out there, it's an AR 10 pistol, 13 and a half inch, uh, barrel on it. And, uh, it's, I'm going to tell you, it can knock down some hogs. Uh, it's, I was telling somebody, I was like, she's got a little bit of a pop to her. You know, she, she kicks a little <laughs> bit, but, uh, brace yourself. But yes, it does on the, uh, dust cover, uh, right here. They put on there for me. They put bacon pancakes on one side. And Hans ETX on the other, on the dust cover. So, you know, I bet you if you call up Diamondback Firearms, they might be able to get you a bacon pancake uh, dust cover. I might be saying something they can't do, but I'm sure they, they can do it. <laughs> for for uh, a right amount of money, they'll do anything you want. Yeah, bacon, the bacon pancakes edition of their AR-10 pistol. So it's a DB, D, 
DB10 pistol, if you go on DiamondbackFirearms.com, you'll be able to find it. I got the black one. went with the black one. This is the ver very, I don't have a lot of all black rifles, you know. Uh, I usually have stainless steel barrels. Sometimes I get the F FDE color. Sometimes I have black with stainless steel barrel. This is all black, black on black. And it is a sweet-looking rifle. And, and with that Thermion XP50, I'm starting to post pictures now on Instagram with it. But on that, uh, the Thermion XP50 mounted on that 13-and-a-half-inch uh, pistol, boy, that thing looks jacked. <laughs> it, <laughs> it looks jacked. It looks like it's been in the gym working out for about two years. It does uh, look and it's good. ready to show its flex its muscles. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to thank Diamondback Firearms. I, I, I've been using it, loving it. And, um, yeah, I've got my own mother diamondbacks hanging up my six, five Creed more, and they're going to get a break for a while. Cause I'm having a, uh, a good time with this thing. So we'll be sharing, go check me out on Instagram, uh, at Hans ETX. You'll be able to get to see that rifle. Also, you can go subscribe, please subscribe to me, uh, over on, uh, YouTube. It's Hans ETX at the same thing. Uh, and Go follow Jason, wherever Jason hangs out. Where do you hang out these days on social uh, media, Jason? Uh, oh, on social. Well, I don't hang out much. And if, <laughs> if you send me a message on social media, um, I will do my best to reply, but you'll find out that I don't hang out there because uh, I, <laughs> every every reply on Instagram or Facebook normally starts with, I'm sorry it's taken me uh, so long. I, I try to get over there once a day <laughs> if I can. Sometimes it's two days um just just too busy with with uh other stuff but mm -hmm. uh, i am you can find me on facebook and instagram uh, youtube obviously but the most important place is outdoorlegacygear.com if you ever got questions about thermal night vision any of these things we talk about on the show and you need some help before you buy call me 877-350-1818 and i do appreciate uh, the listeners of this show uh, how many of you have chosen to do business with us, and it means a lot. So we really do appreciate it. Thank you all for coming back every week and, and putting up with us, uh, listening to us. You know, I know um, a lot of the listeners of this show are people that, that you know, find us through search on YouTube, and they, they come and they watch a review video, and that's super because that's, that's all that we've, you know, maybe talked about a scope they wanted to, to hear about that they're thinking about buying, and they come check it out. And they're done, and that's perfectly fine. We we served a purpose and hopefully help them. But we know there's a lot of y'all that listen week in and week out to shows like this where, uh, you know, we just kind of talk about some different random things, different topics. And so we appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all for just tuning in every week. And, and again, the support that y'all give us and the shout-outs we, we see on social media and, you know, putting stuff on Instagram and Facebook and I know, you know, Russ, we always talk about one of our, our you know, good customers and, and best listeners. He's always driving a tractor and, and listening to the late night vision show or driving on the road. And so and we do, he, we appreciate it. And he don't stuff. want to hear about no beach song either. I can guarantee no, you. He, he doesn't want to, the, no, he don't he care doesn't. who's, we don't, he doesn't care whose butt's sitting in the sand right now. I'll tell you that, right? <laughs> that's right. He's his, that's right. His rear end's sitting in the tractor cutting yeah. hay. But no, so anyway, we do. I just want to say thank you for, for listening every week. So. Folks, this is the Late Night Vision Show. It is the first. It is the only podcast dedicated to all things night vision and thermal imaging. Uh, thanks to Hans for, for putting up with me every week. And we planned, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, to be back again next week. Appreciate y'all listening, and we'll see y'all then. Until then, stay safe in the fields and keep making those bacon pancakes. <laughs>